Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of the Omni Talk Fast Five. It's January 10th, 2020. This is our first Fast Five podcast of the year, and I am joined, as always, by my compatriots and Mazinga on my left, for those watching at home, and Carter Jensen across the table. How are you guys doing today? I'm glad you said 20. I've written 19 at least three times today. I know. Hopefully not on checks. I guess that's like a really horrible thing to do for some reason. I oh, because all the checks you write, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. That's, exactly. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. I can't figure that out exactly because like you dated it in the past. Like I can't understand like why that matters. But but anyway, it's every article out there right now. Sure. Exactly. On uh, what? <laughs> I hope we have better news to cover. Okay. <laughs> we're, not on the millennial se- media you guys are reading. <laughs> we're setting a 2020 bar very low so we can continue <laughs> to surpass expectations on every episode. Uh, it's nice that we're starting off on the right foot, though. I'm getting a lot of friendly ribbing, which is good. But hey, we got a big week coming up here, guys. NRF next week in New York City. I hear the weather's actually going to be quite balmy. I was told it's going to be about 60 degrees on Sunday. No way. way. Yes way. Oh my gosh. Jeremy Naren, Grocery Key CEO, informed me of that very fact That changes all of my packing and travel From checks to the weather. What's next? I know. (laughs) 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 That is fantastic. No, but I'm pumped. Emojis. You're going to start getting Crojis. Yeah. Crojis, right. What what other uh, old reference can we come up with? Uh, But I'm pumped. We've got a, we just got, we've got a, we're busy. I'll say that. But we've got a killer lineup coming. So yeah, your guys' schedule is insane. It's yeah, tons it's... of fun to look at. There's a lot of cool content coming out that I think our listeners are going to really love. It should be a ton of fun. Absolutely. If I have time, I actually want to put it out on social media. But here's a quick rundown. Uh, hosting a panel discuss- – or not hosting a panel. I'm actually moderating a panel discussion or interviews kind of style uh, at NRF at 4 o'clock uh, about robotics. Uh uh, with uh, the CEO of Badger Technologies, as well as a gentleman from Woolworths. And then all, then throughout the week, we have some great podcasts lined up. We're actually going to do a podcast with them as well. Uh, we have a podcast with a uh, representative from Walmart, from Canada Goose, uh, Gap, all on the docket for this week. So we are pretty pumped. Uh, we're also going to do a podcast with Market Beyond on their holiday data that we've been sharing. We're going to go deeper into that, talk to them about what we saw across Walmart, Amazon, and wait for it, Target as well for those loyal listeners here in Minneapolis. And that's the who won, right? Yeah, the who won, okay. who won the season. I like those. Yeah, those are good. And uh, so we're going to have some Target data to throw in there. It's going to be fun, exciting. So be sure to check that out uh, and make sure that you're signed up uh, as a subscriber to Omnitalk so you don't miss that and follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, and then we dropped some hot podcasts this week too, and so you dropped the, uh, I know I just said dropped it like it's hot again. Thanks guys. <laughs> oh but you dropped uh, Abby Lursman. Yeah. So OmniTalk listeners now have access to my interview with the Ajo Del Hayes uh, Chief Human Resources Officer, Abby Lursman. She was amazing. Some really, again, these women are just bringing it with uh, the good advice uh, for those of us who are, you know, just entering our retail careers or who have been there for a little bit to really kind of help us turn the corner. So um, Abby Lursman now live on Omnitalk. Yeah, that was a huge get. I mean, that was, it's awesome. I can't wait to, uh, can't wait to see what the response is on that yeah. one. And then we, dr- we also dropped Carter just for you. As he rolls his the eyes. eye roll, yes, we also dropped a couple cool podcasts. One with Happy Returns and their co-founder and CEO David Sobey. You want to talk about one that blows your mind? Shout out to my buddy Oven Bonsell who listened to it this morning and said, "Like, wow, I never knew that all those things could be done off of returns coming out of uh, yeah. everything David described." 
And then, of course, we also did a podcast uh, this week as well with uh, with Badger Technologies uh, heading into the event, uh, all about how robotics is shaping uh, the future of retail, specifically for all the in-store tasks that need to be done. So also one to give a listen to when you have time. So Carter, you're going to be out there. Are you excited about anything too? Yeah, no, it'll be super fun. We're going to overlap a little bit. I'm actually taking a little bit of a different path. I'll be uh, attending PSFK's Future of Retail Conference, which is uh, just at the tail end of NRF and goes through Thursday. A ton of awesome tech startups, a ton of awesome DTC companies all coming together. Uh, I think we have 30, 40 tours all lined up throughout Manhattan. Uh, and then it culminates with a great event on Wednesday where we have some great speakers and then also the uh, retail demo day as well. So it's going to be a ton of fun. I think it'll be fun that you guys are at NRF. I'll take on this side of things and we'll culminate all back together and uh, recap what we all, all learned. But I, there's an event on Thursday too, Chris, that you're you're doing that you're kind of recapping some of the, the NRF findings. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, actually, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I almost completely forgot about that. Yeah. So on Thursday afternoon at four o'clock, if you're here in Minneapolis, We'll actually videotape it as well. So if you want to go on a third house and get access to that content, go ahead and sign up. But going to be doing a stand-up, you know, a traditional kind of stand-up that you see, uh, you know, traditionally. But I'm just going to stand up. We're going to talk about uh, everything we saw at NRF. And I'm just going to open the floor to questions. Take any questions, business-related, personal-related. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I may or may not answer it, but you can ask whatever the heck you want. Ooh, there are no I like limits. This. I like this. We might have to come up with some Carter to kick it off. I was going to say, there'll be a 10-second delay on the live feed just to make sure everything's all right. It will not be live recorded, but we, yes. will, we will record it for posterity. So, All right. Well, let's kick it off this week. Let's give a shout-out, of course, to our sponsor, Trigo. Trigo helps grocers unlock the true beauty of brick-and-mortar retailing by designing a magical checkout-free experience using computer vision and AI. Together with Tesco, Trigo is now building the largest checkout-free store ever built. And Should I kick us off? You have the honors. All right. So uh, according to Vice, New York is proposing a bill that would create a public Venmo of sorts. Um, it's a new digital currency that they're proposing called the inclusive value ledger. Now, I just want to preface for our audience, like this concept has been around for a while um, in New York. It's a very complex thing, but we really wanted to make sure that it was part of the headlines this week. Just to be clear, the concept too, or just the general proposal idea the the concept the proposal okay. i think one of one of my issues with this headline was that it it really kind of dumbs it down to like this public venmo and there's a lot more to it so i would refer our audience to you know read the full article in vice or go to uh, qns.com where you have the bill authors actually really going in depth and there's a white paper and everything but the uh, the essence of it is that lawmakers and activists are proposing a, a digital currency that will help um, nearly 14 million New Yorkers who don't have bank accounts. Now, this is designed to try to help people who are typically un or or underpaid. So this is for things like, you know, you're, you are in the neighborhood, you make food for the lady down the hall in the next apartment, you are doing mentoring, tutoring, mm -hmm. childcare. So services that people aren't getting paid for or maybe are making a very small stipend for. 
So the way that they're creating this digital currency is they're taking um, it's, it's fifty five million dollars. Sorry, fifty five billion dollars in uh, New York state tax credits that are not claimed that they're putting into these digital accounts. So every New Yorker hmm. would have uh, this platform and they can use that platform to pay for goods and services. So food, rent, medical expenses. Uh, it basically opens up kind of a secondary form of currency, similar to cryptocurrency, our listeners might be more familiar with that, but it's designed to kind of use within the individual neighborhoods. So you think about like a neighborhood or community within one of the neighborhoods in New York. Now people who maybe are elderly, it's there's a lot of women who are playing these roles where they're doing these um, these caretaking or are lower paid uh, or unpaid jobs now have a form of currency through these tax credits that they can then go into their local bodega or um, or pay for rent or other things with this digital currency. So it's a fascinating idea. Car- it is, yeah, it's there's a lot there. Lots Car- to unpack. Carter, what do you think about this one? This one's more in your wheelhouse yeah, you know- than any of us. <laughs> I loved it, and then I hated it, and then I loved it, and then I hated it. It's and hard to I love know. it. You know, it, it, I, I come on both sides of this, and, and here's the thing. The concept is – I absolutely love the concept. I think it's amazing. I think if anyone can do it, it's New York City, right? They did the whole thing with the taxi app a few years ago where they had a competition of who could build really the most intuitive app to, to kind of combat Uber. The thing is is that what we have to be really careful of is when it's a digitally-based currency where you – access it and use it through digital platforms. And then we pair that with some of the most vulnerable members of our community who often don't have access or the education in terms of uh, of, of using that. I want to make sure that, and if anyone can do it, once again, it's New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you not only provide communities with this asset, but how do you make it incredibly accessible, easy to use, and 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 readied? You know, So I would just hate to see this roll out and have it be so complex and not have the user in mind uh, uh, you know, with apps and smartphones and passwords and all that kind of stuff where no one ever actually uses it because no one actually knows how to access it. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the great things about Venmo or PayPal or whatever is the fact that they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars building the best applications, yeah. the best user interfaces, the best infrastructure to make sure that the use is so, so, so easy. Mm-hmm. Can a government entity do the same thing? And that's the question. I worry that the idea is there. But if the user interface and the really thought isn't through the entire consumer experience, this is going to fall flat and it's going to be really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it just a modern day version of the printed dollar? I don't I don't know. Like, that's what's so crazy. About well, this. I guess the, I'm curious and maybe this is something that's within the cards, but could they partner with a bank of sorts? Uh, I know that's going ex- exactly opposite, but uh pushing aside some of the standard uh, limitations that banks do provide to some of these community members that are in focus. But could they partner with a bank to use their infrastructure, uh, an entity that has already proven to be successful in terms of of payments Mm -hmm. um, to do this? Mm -hmm. And what do you think about this? I mean, you're generally the one that wears the tinfoil hat on this type of stuff. So... It's hard to it's hard to comment on this without mm-hmm. getting too political, I think, because Carter brings up a lot of good points. Um, you are dealing with a population that, especially if they're unpaid or underpaid, mm-hmm. to to assume or that they're banked. Yeah, yeah. Or, or unbanked. Yeah, completely yeah, unbanked. unbanked. Yeah. Either so one, really. I think to assume that um, you have a piece of technology or or to figure out a way to logistically make this work is is really complex. But 
um, there's a ton of people that are getting behind this. And mm-hmm. I, I guess for me, I think it's still, there's still a lot to learn about just how it's going to work out and how people are, you know, another big part of it is to give people the ability in these communities to transfer money between one another. And I just, I, I think that's still going to be really hard to get around, like, not having cash or how how who how the government is in charge yeah, of like here, here's who, an idea. who passes money to who kinda. here's an idea though like why wouldn't you look at a venmo right and eliminate the barrier that is in place for uh the community that they're in focus of so people who are unbanked mm-hmm. and say you know what you don't need to enter a wells fargo account you don't need to enter your u.s bank account you don't need to take a picture of your id we will provide a government bank address that's going to work and we're going to partner with venmo to make sure everything is clean and clear mm-hmm. and you know what we will just give you the key to unlock that barrier right and then everything else is on venmo and venmo gets paid because they like everyone else have 55 billion dollars they're making interest on but they take care of the infrastructure they take care of the transaction they take care of the users they take care of the support they've already proven they can do it so why doesn't the government come in and do what they're good at and unlock that and eliminate the barriers that they're trying to eliminate instead of recreating the entire wheel? Yeah, and I, and I think I think in essence that's the important part of this story. I think you know as we were deciding the topics today, I think that was what we came down on. Regardless of whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, that's not what really matters. The fact is it's an idea, mm-hmm. and it's an idea that gets a lot of press. I think when you look at this idea against some of the other things that are coming out of California too. There's just it's just an, it's very emblematic of the fact that things are about to change, and I wouldn't be surprised, Carter, to your point, if the people at Venmo are having that exact conversation right now about holy crap, what do we do if this type of thing starts to work and it starts to sprout? And from a retailer perspective, which is what we do, focusing on the future and trying to be in front of the curve on the things our listeners need to know about, should know about, and pay attention to, shows you that there's movement starting to happen in terms of digital currency and how easy we can can, can transact, and that's going to start to impact physical retail as well as digital retail as we go forward. So, all right, let's move on to story number two. So story number two comes out of CES, which we are not at this year, which is totally okay because we're tracking everything (laughs) very closely. Uh, I've heard it's wild. Like I've heard it's just a crazy scene. I've gone six, seven years of the past 10 and it's like hit and miss, hit and miss. Last year I went, um, you know what? We didn't see anything that great. Um, And ultimately we actually can stay closer to some of the innovations that are coming out of that conference by not being there. Right. Which is crazy. Uh, But ultimately, Amazon had a huge showing specifically in the auto space. So um, Amazon is expanding the availability of Alexa voice assistant outside of the home, letting drivers use the voice commands to ask for directions and even, yes, pay for gas. Um, So as Alexa is already available in dozens of vehicles uh, from automakers like Audi, BMW, Ford, and Toyota, um, they announced integration. This is big, especially for you, Chris, because I know this hits home integrations within your Lamborghini. <laughs> right. Just so you know, because right. Lamborghini without Alexa. They make they make Alexa for Matchbox cars now? Yeah, they do. <laughs> no. um, but ultimately, what Amazon is doing is they're looking to figure out how do they integrate more within the space outside of the home. And from my personal opinion, they're trying to figure out how does Alexa, how does Amazon be a constant layer in your daily life? And it's going to do that by adding value. And so they're trying to figure out how are we unlocking things like paying for gas uh, in the Amazon platform within your car. Now, as many know, Amazon has a standalone product that you can integrate within your car, similar to having a phone on the dashboard, just sits there on a vent mount. Um, and and it it's powerful. It's as powerful as an Amazon in your car. Um, but when you look at different things like being hands-free, uh, choosing entertainment, everything from, they even mentioned in the press release, talking about the Fire TV being actual video content, 
everything is on the table for Amazon right now. And they're realizing that they can be of huge value, especially when the phone is in your pocket or it should be. Um, they can provide a really awesome interface uh, for the car. So it'll be super interesting to see how this works. The gas thing that I mentioned earlier is in a partnership with, I think it's Exxon. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, it will uh, allow you to pay for gas by simply giving that voice command uh, at over 11,000 Exxon and mobile stations, which should be super interesting. More interesting enough, you're going to use your Amazon account to pay for it. So <laughs> right. we'll see how that goes. So scale of 1 to 10, Carter, as a huge Alexa fan, what, how, where would you rate this this story or headline? Well, it's I think it's more strategically important for Amazon rather than a really cool thing that I'm going to run out and buy. Because right now, what Apple's been able to do is they have been able to transcend their touch interface and their screen interface with Siri. When is the really only time that a lot of people use Siri? It's in the car, right? Um, And they've paired that with CarPlay, which is super cool if you have that availability. And they figured out how do you transpose your awesome iOS interface into voice and... Oh, it makes sense. But in terms of like impacting (laughs) retail, like where would you put this? Impacting Uh, retail over the next 10-year horizon. Where would you put this story? From a retail retail standpoint, I think that it is right smack down in the middle. Like You're a five on this. I'm a five on this. And here's why. How much commerce are you actually doing in the car is is the first thing. Like, okay. you know, you're not cruising by and like, oh, I'd really like some flowers and say, hey, Alexa, order me some flowers. But I think that the amount of time that we have in quote unquote downtime, 45 minutes in the car to and from work, okay. you can get a lot of stuff done via Alexa during that time. And if they create an interface where I'm able to get my grocery shopping done all without ever leaving the oh, vehicle man. in time that I've already spent away from my family yeah. and from work, it's going to be a really, really incredible thing i'm dying to jump in here and i gotta hear from you first though like what where first before you because i i i, I kind of have a feeling i know where you're gonna fall on this same question to you though scale one to ten where would you put this are you a f- are you five lower on higher? how it's gonna impact the yeah. retail oh um i would say in the short term i think or like as it's starting to come out i would actually Just say net, net. seven okay why all right interesting um, that was way higher than i predicted you would go well, me personally, yeah, that's totally different uh, opinion. Like, yay! Now she's <laughs> listening to me in my car. This is awesome. No personal thoughts. I get to just have yeah, her listen. Carter's to doing me his entire shop all the life. time. Uh, I think. I think what Carter said is right. I think as especially as you start to think about for me um, how millennials and Gen Zs are going to. I I believe in the next couple of years there will be some shifting towards like. I should probably not have things all delivered to me in one hour. So how can I make that list when I'm on my way home and pick it up from the Target curbside store, whatever, like have these things as as Amazon expands more into distribution centers or grocery stores throughout the country in the next couple of years, being tied to that Alexa in the car, I think will have a dramatic impact on where retail is headed. I, I Okay. Personally, though, yeah. I I just... It's not for you. Can't do it. See, I'm like, okay, this will be fun. This will be really fun. We haven't had one of these in a while. I'm like a nine or a 10 on this, you guys. Like, why? I'll tell you why. Because I think this is the first time where I've seen it tangibly. I can kind of envision it now of where voice starts, voice technology really starts to impact how physical retail is done. So I'll tell you why I say that. What's one of the most repetitive trips that you're probably making? It's probably to go fill up your car for gas or you're on your way to work and you stop on your way into work and you stop in to get that cup of coffee or get that thing to eat. You know, it's convenient. It's on on the way. You, you, You get it on your go. No pun intended, as you'll see. So here now I've got a situation where I go and I say, hey, I want to pay for my gas via voice. All right, cool. 
all right, now, hey, can I pick, I want to pay for that coffee. I want to run in and get it. Just charge it for me. I want to pay for my bag of Doritos, as you know, I would buy. So now put this against Amazon Go. Amazon Go, just walk out technology. Well, what makes that technology hard? It's hard to make sure that you understand all of the movements and gyrations that are happening with your product. But if you can then correlate that with in the car behavior prior to people coming in, you know exactly who's coming in, what they're coming in for. It actually makes that Amazon Go technology even better, even more foolproof than it was before because you now have another data point to correlate against it. Convenience for business, 200 plus billion dollars a year. I've got 25 Amazon Go stores. Imagine this type of setup in the car. You're interacting with it in that way. There's a lot of mileage here, no pun intended, to what this idea could be. And for the first time, I can actually see how that would work together. Whereas before, for me, all the voice applications have been like you guys have been describing, which is like, I've got time. I'm in my car. I want to make my grocery list. What do I do from here or there? This to me, for the first time, is really different. It's it's a bridge being built from two sides of the river, right? So you look at Amazon Go expanding, their footprint expanding, obviously going into the convenience store space, which really aligns well with gas stations. And then on the other side, you're looking at expanding Alexa away from the home into the car, which then has this nice keystone meat uh, at the top when you're going to get gas and a bag of Doritos and your coffee every morning. That is my breakfast. Wait, so say that again. What does that mean? That basically means I, I'm trying to put an analogy to what you just described. Yeah. I'm trying to say that Amazon is building on both sides of this river. Yes. They're continuing to expand, uh, obviously, their footprint within physical retail to Amazon Go, which naturally goes into gas stations because of the small footprint and the technology, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the same time, they're figuring out how to put Alexa on the user side of things right. closer to that experience, which is in the car. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I'm... Uh, so you they're know, building the mousetrap with Exxon again, perfecting it, and yet they still have all this opportunity. Right, exactly. So Exxon is going to unknowingly so partner pull a bunch of data from that and then ultimately is going to get purchased and, and anything put a new on sign on one. the front door. It's, it's, I don't know. It's incredible to me. I just think there's still a lot of work to be done. Oh, for like, sure. What, what you're sure. describing is great and wonderful, but like even the to get to where you're talking about is still to me years down the road. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Not, it's still not take immediate time. impact on, on retail it's like your nine or 10 rating is years down the road. Oh yeah. It's very futuristic in yeah. scope, but yeah. to that point, let's talk number three. Cause I know you love this when you talk about how things <laughs> yes. could change. So another CES announcement, um, According to an article that we saw in Progressive Grocery this week, L'Oreal has announced Perso, which is a small device that can create custom beauty uh, products. So Perso is basically this little beautifully, you know, designed container that sits on your your countertop and um, consumers who use Perso, they they have an app that L'Oreal puts out using modif- their Modiface technology, which they own. And so you can scan your face and it will do a reading of your face saying this is your uh, this is the right color of foundation for you. This is what a lip color would look like on you. And you can modify that lip color while you're right in that app. Then you uh, send that information to Perso. It, as it's sitting on your countertop, will mix a custom blend of foundation or lipstick or skin um, moisturizer for your face for that time of year. It uses AI to continue to learn all of the things about you and the products as you use them. It dispenses the correct amount in the top. You can put a lid on it and take it in your bag to go. 
this thing was so good, you guys. When I saw the video, I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like a size of a soap dispenser, right? When you yeah, show it to me, like, yes. it's tiny. Like, it it is, just sits on your counter and... Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And you, they, it has three cartridges in it, in the bottom of it, that's all. Which are auto-refilled. Yes, they have NFC tags in them, so it automatically refills them as you need them. I think that's the one outlying thing that it's like... Okay, how much are these cartridges, and what? How often are they coming? Well, and, so it sinks to the phone to know when you're out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that is going to be launched though in 2021 with one of the leading L'Oreal skincare brands, and I am pumped. I'm definitely getting this. Yeah, I thought this was super cool. Like when you showed me that, when you first told me this, I was like, "Anne's crazy." Okay. No, I didn't think Anne was crazy, but I was like, "Okay, yeah, what, all right, whatever." But then you showed me the video, so everyone should check it out online. Perso, P E R S O, and watch this because. Again, like for the first time, I was like, this feels like Nook again. Or not Nook, but sorry, geez, I can't believe I just did that. Apologies so much to Amazon. Kindle, it feels like Kindle again. Like, okay, we're going to change the way we've traditionally sold. Kudos to to, uh, to L'Oreal for doing this too. We're going to change the way people shop for cosmetics. We're going to make a better way and we're going to be the one to do it and show us how it's done. We're going to disrupt ourselves. And this Completely. is an example of potentially of doing that. I mean, depending on the price point, I think that's a big right. key factor here. But if this price point is the same as what it costs me to buy a bottle of foundation from, you know, my CVS mm-hmm. or Walgreens, like game over. This when you is can crazy. always start high and bring it down, which right. is exactly what Kindle did right. over time, you know? Yeah. This is like one of my favorite stories. Well, so far of 2020, obviously. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I knew that was coming. No, uh, this this thing is absolutely incredible. The video does does it justice. It's super cool to watch. So definitely jump onto YouTube and check it out. Here's the thing. I love when buzzworthy technology actually drives all the way to user value. That's yeah. what I love to see. Yeah. And this is a great, great example of doing just that. So to your point, Anne, yeah, you can use all the fancy smartphone apps and, and you know pick your makeup and pick your lipstick color. That's great and grand. And you know what? In the past, it's been fun, but really the actual true value of that is pretty minimal. But the fact that you could actually pick shades, pick what you want to look like, do all of that and click a button and everything you need is formulated in front of you to actually make that happen. It's super cool. And it goes beyond just cosmetics too. Uh, So it looks at, and cosmetic beauty, I guess, but it looks at temperature. It looks at UV index. It looks at pollution in the air and says, hey, we're going to actually mix the perfect foundation or we're going to mix the perfect face lotion for you for this day. And all of a sudden now at a at the drop of a button or even not even because it probably knows when you need it. But the point is, is that it is creating the most optimal product for you for that day for your life using actual artificial intelligence, using uh, augmented reality. Once again, buzzword technology that actually enabled value for the end user. And that's when we see some really awesome things unlocked. Yeah, it's cool. Super cool. You can probably also tell me when I need some more vitamin D. No doubt about it. All the time. All right. Story number four. I'm going to hit this one quick because we're, we're actually running a little bit long here, but it's an important story. Uh, so we want to make sure it gets mentioned. And that's according to TechCrunch, Asia's richest man, Mukesh Ambani, has launched Geomart in an attempt to compete with Amazon and Flipkart. So as you know, Amazon and both Walmart now by way of Flipkart have been going hard after the Indian market. Now, Ambani's two companies, Reliance Retail and Reliance Geo, announced the launch of this joint venture just last week. Now, Geomart is an e-commerce venture that works closely with neighborhood stores and currently offers a catalog of 50,000 grocery items and promises free and express delivery. They plan to expand the service to many parts of India in coming months. And we, 
are excited to see how this starts to unfold. And the reason being here for me, and I think we uh, the key highlight here is Walmart's invested a ton of money over on this. I think it's, you know, what is it, $13, $14 billion in mm-hmm. terms of that Flipkart acquisition. You know Amazon's got deep pockets. It means it ain't going to be easy, right? And so the question then becomes how distracting is it for Walmart? Uh, you know, how much money does it cost? What impact does that have on their core business day in and day out? This is going to be something to watch. And I know many people have thought that the Flipkart acquisition could be a – could be a misguided attempt for those reasons prior to this announcement. Mm-hmm. And now this announcement makes that competitive environment even more difficult. All right, let's close it up. Carter. Very important story. So uh, number five here today is according to a press release by useyourgiftcard.com. Yep, look it up. <laughs> uh, National Use Your Gift Card Day added to the social media calendar Woo-hoo! will take place on January 18th. That's right. Uh, that's next Saturday. So if you're listening to this on time, that's actually next Saturday. So here's the deal. We leave a billion dollars as Americans on gift cards, specifically around the holiday season. And it's a, it, it's something that we all know. We've lost that gift card or it's somewhere in our pocket. Maybe there's a couple of bucks left on it. It's not worth carrying around. We throw it away. But here's the deal. Use your gift card com this year is launching and for the holiday season they're bringing out their own day that's right january 18th so retailers who are partnering with them are able to give really the people who own these gift cards special incentives to get out and actually use them so from a retail standpoint it's awesome get people back into your store overspend use those gift cards etc uh that's really what they want them to do um and some of the partners coming to the gate are, are are some big retailers you look at kohl's PetSmart, uh, macy's Saks fifth ave chipotle express and even simon mall so uh, again this is uh january 18th the third Saturday of January, and they're expecting to do this year over year over year, ideally, depending on how it goes, uh, gaining some more traction from some big retailers. I give this holiday one try. <laughs> really? Yeah. I gave it a lot of excitement in my read, though. Did I thought, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, in your read, yes. You don't, you don't I, I like tried it. to pump it up as you much as I could. Hold the phone. Time out. You don't like this? I mean, it's a gimmick. I love it. That's what retail is. Retail is all about gimmicks. This uh, is great. Okay. Oh my god. What I do think, you love god, about I'm it? I'm so I'm so contrary <laughs> to you guys today. This is fantastic. I, this is an idea where I'm like, why have why hasn't this happened before? Right. You got all this unused money. Retailers are struggling on traffic. Let's make sure there's a freaking day. And let's also, by the way, give people incentives to, if we need to, give them incentives to spend the gift card and on other stuff while they're there. Why don't we do like just, a box? You know, it's like the it's a it's, natural thing. It's like, another Black Friday, but it's the exact opposite. It's just the inverse. Well, it's it, better than Prime Day. I think so. <laughs> I. Is it though? I, I mean, Prime like... Day is like completely made up. This actually is like people have these things or Way Day or whatever, and those work well too. Like yeah. that's the other thing. This is yeah. like super built. In. So, I, and I'm not discounting those because I think those are great ideas too. This is just to me even better than those because it's already built into the consumer behavior to have all these things. The value add is super easy spent. too. Right. I can spend thirty percent. I can get thirty percent more things on my gift card if I go today than tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I, as far as I was reading and understanding that the merchandiser who, or the, the retailer who is putting uh, the gift cards out, they don't actually account for the revenue until the gift card is redeemed. It's always the way. So I think that will make, I mean, that could have a big impact. We'll see. I, it's a good push for end of year earnings too. Like get that revenue in that yeah. you technically have. Yeah, that's booked. true. But that's uh, a good point. yeah, I don't know. That's funny. I like it. This was a fun podcast. I got to go a little bit different against the grain than you. Usually it's you two arguing it out, not the two of you arguing against me. So I like that. I like that. All right. Well, let's close it up again. Excited about New York this week. If you happen to be in town, please stop by the show on Sunday, 4 p.m. I'll be on stage interviewing Tim Rowland of Badger Technologies and Rob McCartney of Woolworths. 
And as Carter mentioned, on Thursday the 16th in Minneapolis at 4 p.m., we will have a stand-up where we'll talk about everything we saw at NRF, everything we learned from the presentations, our podcasts. And that event is sponsored by our friends at the Navio Group, too. So special thanks to them for putting that on. And, of course, like, review, and subscribe to our content. As always, every little difference makes a difference. And one quick plug, if you also happen to be in New York, keep an eye out on social media because rumor has it we might be throwing an impromptu happy hour on Monday night. And we'd love for all of you to stop by, have a few drinks with us. So on that note, as always, be careful out there.